2: What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure... Uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more go to policyadvocate.com that'd be policyadvocate.com or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with some the headlines.
0: It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols, and pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. These Seminole Headlines,
2: 97.9 ESPN Radio, free right now and that's a good thing i'm excited we got a lot to talk about today there's ira there's Corey. they're on my computer screen soon fellas back in the studio back in the studio we go although we now have an answer for Corey's traversing all over god's green earth when he's out of town we can still do this method but when you're in town Corey, back in the studio we've all been vaccinated it's time to ride
3: Let's i can't go. wait man i can't wait for that day I'm going to sit on Iris' lap. <laughs> We're just going to share a mic. I don't,
1: know, I don't know if I believe that. I actually think you prefer this format because there's no pressure on you to actually be in town. But the other way, there's a little bit of pressure. There's well, little... look,
3: it's, the, what's good is that if I'm not in town, we still have an alternative. We don't just cancel That's the true. show now. So now I'll, I'll be more, uh, you know, I'll, be, I'll have a little more freedom to be like, no, I'm not staying in town just for this nonsense. Not that it's nonsense. I love what I do, but...
1: I just you know, called I, it I'd nonsense. Rather,
3: well, you know it's 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 nonsense in relation to be with my son. How about that?
2: Oh, you know, we say oh, that he like went, did he did. You take that card, Ira. <laughs> he had to because he knew he messed up. He knew he, yeah. he, knew yeah. he screwed it hey, up. Hey, man, it was Especially a good. Especially since I've got to tell everybody how excited Register Sausage is to sponsor this fine program. While Corey's just dismissive of the whole thing
3: altogether. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't mean that, guys. I love this program. I love my son almost equally. Okay. <laughs>
1: By the way, so, so are we all going to have to start chanting Ray's Yay Sausage now? Since No, that's, apparently- that's my thing.
2: They, he's adapted it. I told you it was good from the beginning. I think this is my ultimate revenge on Corey. You never really made fun of it, but Corey thought it was stupid. It turns out it's the best campaign anybody's ever had in the history of <laughs> advertising. So
3: I'll just say this about Register Sausage. Yay Sausage! It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, everybody needs a slogan, and that's a fine one. People should be shouting that uh, all over the globe. Yeah. But it was like, you. that's the only thing you ever said about it.
2: That's all I have to say.
3: It's stuck. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. true. I thought it was just you saying, let's get through this. Yay, sausage. Let's go on with the show.
2: I never said it that way. I always said it with a little pep in my step. It was always right.
3: with zeal that I attacked
2: the yay sausage moniker. I think everybody realized I was excited about registered sausage.
1: Not enough we- to eat it. Judging uh, by some of the conversations on Twitter over the weekend, i got to hammer home the point you can, no matter where you live in these continental United States, you can order register sausage at registermeats.com. They'll deliver it to you in it cooler with ice. It's awesome and fresh. And uh, if you're in North Florida, South Georgia, over in Alabama, you can get it in person at most of your grocery stores. Um, but I, my favorite tweet of the week, guys, was, some guy uh who told me that uh we gotta make sure you don't get any of the supply from Ben anytime soon, Jeff, because only winners get sausage.
3: Right. Right. right, only right. Winners, well, registers is for winners. Well, losers should exactly. eat all kinds of sausage.
1: There's plenty right. of sausage out there for for, for don't those guys. eat sausage,
2: Cameron. That's right. Dad. It's not registered <laughs> sausage. Right. You
3: want some Jimmy Dean, you want some flat yeah. sausage just throw in your gullet? Fine. <laughs> but register sausage is for winners. So I guess Adelson and Staples. They should get a free shipment. They should get a free cooler Registered Sausage because they win.
1: Well, it, they, can, they, can, they, they can order it from RegisterMeats.com. So
2: I'm glad that after all of this, and I was fully prepared to take whatever ridicule you wanted to foist <laughs> upon me, um, that at least they both admitted in their articles, respectively, that they completely cheated. That was nice of them to admit because Andy told me that as we were walking off the field. And I was wrestling with whether or not I was ever going to bring that up because it would sound like sour grapes. It would sound like something somebody would say if they lost with a lot of pressure on them to win. So when he told me that, I was like, huh, kind of stuck with this, this realization that I got screwed. But then he admitted it. So I feel better about it. I'm glad. I don't feel, I don't feel nearly as bad.
1: Yeah, it's like Jimbo. If Jimbo, had, if Jimbo had lost the national championship game, he might have been about Damian Craig stealing his signs. But because he won – he, 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 he was right. willing to let it go It wasn't sour grapes but yeah man uh that's uh it is interesting that they not only chose to cheat but then documented their cheating
3: he admitted it in public i'll be I'm honest guys nice. i i why would i ever read those stories i didn't read those stories i have no idea what you're talking about and how they cheated say so uh he, let me listening. do
2: this for you cory let me let me do this for you because you may want to Inform yourself before you attack me publicly. <laughs> no way. Again, My eyes still work. Message boards, I- Twitter, <laughs> you name it. Um, so, so what? What happened was um, you put on those belts that gives you the headset that connects to the headset, and we were told beforehand how they work. And you know, you have two different channels, one for offense, one for defense, and then also ways in which you can mute yourself, and then. Make sure your mic is active when you need to. You raise it up when you want to mute it. You bring it back down when when you want to talk. And obviously, if I'm if if, if team Cameron Deckerhoff is on offense, then team
3: the local, Adelson, legends. The local right. legends. Yeah.
2: If Team Adelson and uh Staples are on defense, then they need to be listening to Adam Fuller and his defensive calls and 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 what he wants to call and and You could bounce it off the assistant coaches, basically. You could say, this is what I'm looking to do. This is why. This is the concept. And they'll give you some feedback. Ultimately, you make the decision. Well, instead of doing that, Andy, by accident, figured out, because he switched to the wrong channel, he didn't know how to use the device properly, Um, he switched it to the wrong channel and he heard me and Gene talking about the play. And then he quickly tapped Andrea and went, we can listen to their calls, (laughs) <laughs> and they got all excited and just began to listen to every one of the calls before they called their defense. And or they wrote line. that
1: down. They admitted that yes. and wrote that down. They, oh, that's funny. Yes. So they felt like it was going to it was going to endear them to to Galen Hall and Charlie Pell. And
3: yeah, you know, well, that's the know. Florida way. Back back <laughs> when they went to school, it's the it's not what they used to do in Gainesville. So you know,
2: I'm glad that they were willing to lay it on the line and admit that they couldn't have won otherwise. And mm. that's okay. That's okay. I will tell you this, the experience of doing that was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. That was so fun, and I I did it on my show, but I'll do it again here. I just want to publicly thank Mike Norvell, that staff, Florida State Sports Information, all the people that were involved, and it was really cool. Corey, you wrote an article recently about, and I chided you for this, um, about how we should be thankful that Mike Norvell's media policy is what it is and that he allows all of us to document almost everything and that he's an open book. Man, I'll I'll go ahead and echo that sentiment because I, I didn't know what this was going to be like. I had no idea what they were going to let us in on and what they wouldn't. I knew it was going to be somewhat generic and vanilla, but I didn't know like to the extent that they would go to allow us to really experience a game day and what it's like to make calls on the fly. I mean, they had us come out to the coaches' offices. We sat down. We went over the whiteboard where they put together their game plans. He showed us how they do all of that. He talked about what the experience was going to be like and what to look out for, the difficulties of, you know, having a lot of people in your ear and trying to call plays and getting personnel out there. Then he had us come out to his house for dinner, and we all went out for dinner, including the What'd whole football what did you eat? Uh, I actually didn't eat because I had already eaten earlier in the day and I wasn't hungry. And also there was a line of uh, the entire football team waiting to get barbecue. Oh, I didn't feel okay. like that I should like try to cut in the line of the players. you Do know? you have any craft so beer? He had uh, whatever you wanted, man. It was a pretty oh, big shit. It was a pretty I, big shit. I
3: can't wait until we get to invited to one of these.
1: Yeah, it's coming. It's coming.
2: So the thing of it is – he had everybody out to his house, and he had his family there, and he addressed the team. That he had a mechanical bull. Everybody was riding this mechanical bull. It was crazy. Uh, that's that's true. true. It was true. It was, it's true. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so he had a mechanical bull. He had games. I mean, dude, this bull was awesome. There, I watched uh, the, the Australian uh, punter. Man, was on that thing for 27 seconds, just riding out. I mean, he oh, was. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's how he grew took up. Him back,
1: yeah, took him back home. <laughs>
2: He's in the outback. Yeah, he's yeah. in the
3: outback again. When I
2: at the time that I left the house, he had the, the best time. But you saw everybody out there, and all the you know coaches were there. I had a great long conversation with Adam Fuller and Kenny Dillingham, Mike Lovell, and his wife and daughter, and some of. The, I talked to Jermaine Johnson for quite a while. Who's uh, I've said this to the listener, and was, uh, you guys have written about it. He's a fascinating young man. He's insightful and contemplative and interesting, and also huge. Um like but
3: most you know, UGA former UGA students.
2: That, that's true. So at the end of the day.
1: At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're bought and paid for, and no, you may no. you may never criticize Florida State football. This show smart. is gonna be it's smart. Just
3: Hard. It's gonna be it's gonna be Cameron's gonna flip. Cameron's gonna be, <laughs> hey guys, I know they gave up fifty-two to Notre Dame, but you gotta understand <laughs> what Adam's trying to do here. He doesn't <laughs> have the groceries yet. And we'll be like, Jeff, you're – no, no, guys. Come on now. Give him a chance. This is, year... Four,
1: yeah. chance. This is year four, Jeff. This is year <laughs> yeah. four.
3: No, know. No. That won't be the case. I think Haley Hockman's
2: on sure his fifth out. team, and he just lit up the <laughs> sixth, fourth, secondary again. So if I was capable of ripping Bobby Bowden, I'm going to be capable of ripping Adam Fuller. I promise you. Yeah. So Norvell. So Norvell. I'll rip Norvell. Okay. So if, if need be. But the, the thing of it is, <clears throat> what, I, what I learned more than anything else and I thought was really cool was he addressed that team and he had a lot of heartfelt things to say to them um, before everybody got to sit down and eat and all that. And, man, those kids, they love his ass. They, I mean, they love him. They're connected. They believe in his messaging. They believe in what he's attempting to do and how he's bringing them together. So I learned a lot that I can, you know, that I can pass on to listeners and that kind of gives me some context when I watch what they're going through. Um, you know, obviously you got to go win games and you got to improve each year and all that other stuff. That remains true. It's business, everything else. But I do like – I did learn a lot, and I and, and I thank them for that because they were really an open book. Like you wrote about, Corey, they were really, really – they're big on having people be involved in this and documenting this. And they don't have any – he doesn't feel like they have anything to hide.
1: Well, it's cool. And, you know, to your point, it, like when they first talked about doing this, I kind of – you know, it's kind of gimmicky. Some other schools have done it in the past. And if they don't take it seriously and it's just kind of a throwaway thing just to, you know, for the publicity or whatever, I don't know, man. I, like, I don't know how interested I would be in doing something like that if, if we ever had the opportunity. But it is cool that they took it seriously. And they, you know, they did kind of go through that whole process. Um, and, you know, this is going to be the last time. It's been a fun three or four days of, of giving you sh- about the whole experience. <laughs> Do me a favor. Don't watch the Kenny Dillingham press conference from today. That's probably yeah. not in anybody's best interest. Yeah,
3: um, Ira, Ira. repeatedly. We were. <laughs> most people were trying to ask about the QB competition and maybe this wide receiver stepping up. And Ira continually went back to how disappointing Jeff Cameron was as a I play caller. Yeah. Uh,
1: I wanted uh, to ask
3: you, Jeff. Though, did you ever think about maybe making a change at quarterback? So, yes. did you say, "Hey, Jordan? Can you? Can I get Jordan Travis for a series?" <laughs> So uh, I don't know what Iris said to
2: Kenny Dillingham today, and I don't know what Kenny's response was, but I'm sure he was a pro, and I need to be a pro here too. He, that's something he, I learned.
1: Kenny, Yeah, that's a good, good, good point. Uh, yeah, Kenny laughed at the first one and played along. The second one, I think he was done with it and was ready to move on. Well, I, let, overste- let me, let overstepped this. a little bit.
2: Let, let, me, let me say this one thing. Uh, this is how serious they took it, and this is why I appreciated it. As we're calling plays, I mean, it is it is frenetic, man. It is happening now. It is quick. You don't. I mean, that's one thing that I really came to realize again that you don't have time uh, to sit around and contemplate a lot. You better be on it. And you also need. I don't know how these guys do this. Guys that call plays from down on the field, that is very difficult because down in distance can get away from you. The second you get down towards the thirty and the twenty, if you're at yeah. midfield trying to get down there to see exactly the down and distance before you make your next call all the while being, you know, you're getting yelled at, Hey, what's the personnel? What do we need? What do we need? And you got to have a call ready. And I don't know if it's second and three or second and six. So it's a, it's a, that's a big deal. And having Dillingham up there in the booth or fuller, when you're on defense, tell you exactly where it is and then suggest, Hey, let's go, you know, Let's bring pressure from the field side here. And then you've got the playbook, which allows for a lot of different calls that would do that. But if you don't have a guy upstairs, man, it's, it's hard to, from the perspective, it's hard to see exactly where the ball is and how far you got to go or what you're trying to stop. So it came up on us quick, but it's cool. Every time you make a call, either Norvell or Dillingham or Fuller would say, OK, well, this is what it's going to look like. This, here's where you have the numbers and here's where you're weak. Like they would just reiterate what it was and why, and most of the time I kind of had a sense of why. But every now and then they tell you something like, "Well, if they if they run this play, they're going to put a man in motion, and we don't have a guy, you know, shading that side." So it it, it happens fast, and it's a lot of fun.
1: It's also Remember, cool that all the assistants were you know took it seriously. Oh, and
2: they were in it, man. Yeah. Atkins was awesome to me. I was like, I called a counter, basically just a counter, and he was all over his right guard. It was third string right guard or whatever. He was all over him about getting beat on the play because he liked the call. He actually slapped me on the shoulder. He said, that's the right call. We well, just got beat. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get pissed because I'm reminded that it's played by human beings. Yeah. And they get, they get whipped sometimes and you could have the right play call. I had a play action post. It's wide open and my quarterback didn't throw the ball. It's all, it's, all set. It would
3: have been out the gate. Look, it we make one gate. block should, right here. It's out the gate. It's you out, should out the, should the have One the block.
1: Gate. You should have, you know, as you're, as you're calling a play, you should have said, hey, hold on one second. Hey, Andy, could you put down the headset and go get Jordan from his interview and make him come back over here and just run one play? Can I get one play with Jordan and, Travis? And
3: also, like, uh, you know, for a coaching staff that has a lot of they, – they preach attention to detail, attention to detail. They give Adelson and Staples access to your play calls? I mean, what are we doing here? Like, I, you know, that, that you were hand strong from the beginning. Or maybe I'm you weren't just, smart enough to listen to their play calls. Why didn't you just sit in with the?
2: Perhaps I'm just a little bit more honest. Uh, well, <laughs> that's that's another way of phrasing that Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather more next Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio
2: ok so we're done talking about me coach and it was a great experience but let's talk about the actual spring game which we've all kind of either written about talked about or both
3: uh, I, I didn't agree to that but also I did want to ask you one thing was that your get up or did they provide you the the, 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 the clothing that you wore
2: no, it's all my stuff. i got oh, okay. right. you look like a coach.
3: I don't know why you weren't wearing yeah, the Tom Bandry thing. That didn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, didn't. we were
1: we were a little disappointed that you didn't go with the suit.
3: I was a lot I mean, disappointed. It didn't
1: it didn't have to be a three-piece suit, but just a suit. I, and then I, I <laughs> should have been then, a funeral.
3: Should have been a funeral suit the way it goes.
1: <laughs> and, and then you uh, you know, part of this, you have to take all the grief for Decker off. Like nobody's gonna pile on Decker off. So exactly. it all goes on you. Like, I'm, I'm sure he was just whipping out calls, you know, hey, just, hey, my partner, you could, I love my partner. I love my partner. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, um, but the, uh, no, but I had a couple of people ask me about your attire. Cause they said it looked like the pants looked like what the other coaches were wearing. So they thought maybe you did, you did get some team issue coaching. gear? You. No, know,
2: I have those pants are what I wear to play golf when it's like cool outside. They're baggy and comfortable. And, Generally speaking, I dress to the nines and look like a stud in whatever I do. And so sure. it's not surprising, guys, that I look the part. And probably more than any feedback uh, beyond the criticisms of my cohorts here uh, that I received, it was that I, I looked better than all the other coaches. And I agree with that sentiment. I think I did.
3: Yeah, well, that was the most important thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, you got to look the part at least, especially right. if you're sure. if you're if you're saddled with some circumstances. Sure. So, Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thing. But it was fun. It was awesome. And uh, and I was just happy because I'll say this, I I didn't think it was going to be as cool as it was. Maybe I was just trying to be I don't know too cool for school. But man, I was like a little kid when we were doing that. I, I was sad that it ended. It was so fun. And we got it's like, like
3: one of those uh, fantasy camps for like. Yeah. Uh, those baseball players that wanted to go to, like, a fantasy camp with, with former major leaguers and stuff. Without,
1: yeah, without actually having to sweat. Yeah.
2: You know, by the way, you know what's funny? Um, we've all been, as fans, really disappointed in special teams many times in our life, professionally or collegiately. We've had years where guys don't make kicks and it frustrates you. When you call for special teams and they go out and miss that kick, after you've called for that kick and you've mm. got them in field goal range, It hurts your soul, guys. I don't know how people don't say hateful things to kickers because as he came off, I said something I regretted. I shouldn't have said it. I got (laughs) a little hostile.
1: That would be awesome if there was like sports center highlights of the kicker at Florida state going after the guest celebrity coach. I mean, uh, and I
2: was like, I put you in a good position there. We don't have to make that one. And he kind of yep. double-taked and uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> we, we just moved on to the defense. I'm like, That would be the oh, last time Nor, that would be the last time Norvell does anything like that is yeah. if, uh, the, one it's of the fight. legend, one of the legend coaches <laughs> gets in a, uh, starts to try to throttle a kicker.
2: Hey, so this is funny. Uh, you guys know me very well. We're dear friends. Uh, so I, I've, I've been known to say a few curse words here and there. We had a play set up, and the kid dropped the pass. And, I mean, Corey, it's out the gate. I mean, he is walking <laughs> in the end zone. And right. he dropped the pass. He dropped the pass, and I yelled at the top of my lungs. And Norvell cracked up. <laughs> Norvell cracked up. And, and he just kind of calmly looks over me, and he goes, I've been known to say that. Yeah, all right. That's good. Because <laughs> it's that's right good. there. Yeah. It's right there. Oh. Anyhow, I thought it was a big day for uh for, It would for, have been uh,
3: funnier if it was Deckerhoff yelling that. That would have been Come great. Come on, let's go. How <laughs> much do I have to put it in your hands?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a good day for Florida State, man. I mean, I thought by and large they, they showed real improvement in, in most places. And I thought the biggest I said this to Ira yesterday. I thought the biggest improvement came from Mackenzie Milton, who hadn't looked real good for most of this spring, but now we've got a Uh, A bona fide quarterback battle in our
3: hands. Yeah, I thought that was really important. Uh, If he would have looked like we had seen him look, um, that would have been – Now, real
1: quick, real quick. You weren't around the last couple weeks because of of basketball. He had been getting better. He had been getting better. Well, I was there Thursday,
3: though. Even the Thursday, it was like, okay. It seemed obvious to me who the starter – who the better of the two was just in watching them, just in those little limited – viewing that we had the, Tra- the seven travis. on seven the eleven on
1: eleven travis has been better but from like week one to like the second scrimmage i thought he looked a lot better and i don't think you were there and then that last week you know you could just see from where he was in four weeks that's a, a lot, lot of it. improvement so, but, so yeah
3: so the people that were there and the watched it on uh if they if the lacrosse game ever ended they actually got to watch some of it on the acc network um, great lacrosse game though. Went down to the final, I guess Ooh. the final seconds. Jeez, it just it was incredible. Um, I, I think that's really encouraging because if he wouldn't have looked good, you yeah, know, and I, I'm a Jordan Travis fan, I think you can win with that dude if he's healthy. It's a big, big if, but if he's healthy, you can win with that dude. But man, having McKenzie Milton look like that, making probably the four best throws of the game, I thought maybe the Jordan. The Jordan rolling to his right, throwing across his body. That's probably not something you want to do, but it was a good throw. Um, It was really a a really good throw, actually. But Mahomes-ish, I would say. A little Patrick Mahomes there. Uh, And not something I
2: wanted to see him throw.
3: Not quite quite the arm strength of Patrick Mahomes, but who does? But, yeah, that was Mahomes-esque. But, yeah, anyway, so Milton made three or four really, really good throws. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. That guy that you guys have been so excited about, and if you've been on War or you've been listening to the people that go out there and watch him a lot, he hasn't looked great. Is this going to work? Is he going to be anything close to that guy that we saw three years ago? Um, And, yeah, you get a glimpse of it. Like, okay, it's still in there. I don't know if he's going to win the job, but I do feel better. I think everybody feels better about where the quarterback room is now because I think you watched what you saw on Saturday, and you're like, yep, those are two viable options. Two legitimate viable options to be the starting quarterback. Not only that, you always going to have options to be a quarterback, to be a good quarterback in 2021. I think They're what be you saw better, on Saturday. They have, yeah.
2: They've got summer and then they've got the fall. They got the yeah. competition that's going to continue. It's going to get even uh, more intense.
1: And I thought, and Corey just wrote about this uh, for warchant.com. You can go read it. Um, but uh, talking to Kenny Dillingham today, one of the things he said was <clears throat> not only has Mackenzie Milton come a long way in just this month, and not only uh, has he shown he can play again? But the impact he's had on those other guys, including Jordan Travis, has really been the biggest thing that they really wanted. And that's been glaringly apparent. You know, the thing about Jordan is, and Jordan's a great kid. Like nobody, nobody who's been around the program for the last two years that he's been here has ever questioned whether or not he's a good kid. Devin Travis's little brother uh, comes from a great family. Just, I mean, just a good kid that you want to pull for, but had never didn't know how to lead a football team. His first college experience was at that show at Louisville. Good, dude. I mean, sorry, what's I'm going sorry. on? I don't sorry.
3: understand. I, I well, feel like y'all, you guys must have emailed each other and said, hey, if you just feel like cussing, go. Sorry, because, no, like, I'm all about life. that. I, I cuss more than both hey, of y'all hey, in real life.
2: Stop. Actually, that's not true. And secondly, Ira's the one who's out of control today. It's <laughs> not me. That's been Ira three times.
1: But anyhow, go. All right. But uh, his first experience was he goes to Louisville and it's just a complete mess. Petrino's on his way out. It's all this team dysfunction. Then he comes here and the, you know, who are the veteran quarterbacks? Um, So, you know, he hasn't had a chance to really learn what it's like. Used to be, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I know it's an old storyline from back when things started going poorly under coach Bowden, but you know, when quarterbacks had that chance to come in and learn from a veteran quarterback, it was so much easier for them when they finally got their turn and so Jordan hasn't had that. He's never had the chance to learn from a real quarterback. You bring in McKenzie Milton, and now he has. He's gotten that chance. And also, I think Tate and Chubb have as well. So I think that part of it, um, is, it, it, it's not tangible. You can't see it, but I think it is really important.
3: I Man, it's just competition, right? you got to raise your level. Think about if McKenzie Milton had tra- or just stayed at UCF or transferred to wherever, Miami. Right now, Jordan Travis's spring would have been, oh, Chubb is out again, of course. And we also what Rodemaker did, so he would be he would know no matter what happens, I'm the starter next year. I can have a good day, a bad day. I can take it easy. I can I can practice my my tail off. I see. I was about to cuss, and I'm like, you know what? I'm a pro. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make Jeff
1: have to go back and edit. You're he, you're making me better.
3: Just that's like- what I'm trying to do. I'm the Mackenzie Milton of this show, and I always have been. And uh, so so I think you can't overstate how important that is. That like. Jordan Travis knows he can lose this job. It's not, he's not clear sailing in the Notre Dame game. He needs to play well. He needs to raise his level, or this kid's going to come take his job. I feel like Jordan Travis thinks he's the starter, which is what you want. You, I mean, he's the returning starter. He played well, well enough when he was healthy last year. He thinks he's the starter. But if he thought he was the starter and was only competing with Tate Rodemaker and Geno English, how, is he really, really pressing himself to get better every day? But Kenzie no, Milton not. brings that out in you.
2: Oh, yeah, and I think it's – I think he has to fight like hell because the truth is if McKinsey Milton reaches his apex here, he's going to be better than Jordan
3: Travis. Absolutely, passing. right, right? So but, he's got to – yeah. But also got Milton, he, Milton's got to fight like hell because it ain't yeah. given you. He's, – he's, he's got eyes. It's certainly nothing's given to him after this month. He knows that. He knows nothing's going to be given to him starting in August. This isn't his job to lose. It's his job to go try to win. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio.
2: So we covered the quarterback position, but I think uh, seeing the young receivers step up was big because they've also had a terrible spring for the most part in terms of drops. So seeing guys catch the football was a bit of a relief. You know, I think at the end of the day, guys, we feel pretty good about a lot of the segments and their growth. I mean, the team's overall – Explosiveness is not where it needs to be to compete with the best teams on their schedule, but their competence has come a long way. And I think there is potential for some of these other guys. My concern though is, and I know it'll look different in the fall different in the fall. I still don't love this offensive line. It's still butt ass average at best. And you that is
1: still gonna be a major hindrance. You didn't love it. You didn't mm-hmm. love it after Saturday? Uh, no, no, didn't didn't come around. Still uh, have problems with it. I do think it's I do think it's gonna be much different though. I mean you can't you can't ignore that. I mean, probably two or three of their best linemen that they'll be counting on in the fall weren't available in this in this game. And then you're also having some guys at different positions. Baby on Johnson only been back for like a week. Um, you know, so in a lot it of the does let you know,
2: Ira. It does let you know if they have an injury up there, they're scared. Oh yeah.
1: No, they don't have a lot of depth, there's no question. And and you know, and I think that there's some right. guys that were signed, you know, a couple of years ago 2 or 3 years ago that I just you know you just don't ever I, I, you don't see any signs that there are ever going to be guys that that they can count on and so uh, we just lost we just lost Jeff.
3: I don't know where that was that was uh, alarming.
1: He was having a coughing jag. Hope he's all right.
3: I mean does he not know that there's a
1: mute he right there on the screen that he could just muted himself? It was so urgent that he couldn't even mute himself. Man, I, mean, I, I had a I,
2: I had had an Irish moment. It that just was, came, came on me.
3: But why didn't you just hit the mute button? He couldn't panic. We I still heard you. You did panic. I mean, I'm a oh. pro at it because I'm coughing up
1: well, yeah. a phlegm really? and
3: along every other second. So I'm a pro at hitting that little I mic right had there. The,
2: I never have the mouse over the, the microphone button there, and I just it just came on all of a sudden. I realized I was in deep
1: trouble. Like I'm just glad we <laughs> could we could see you, but yeah. if that was just on audio, if we were just listening. It sounded you know, like I when that killed? when that journalist got killed in Saudi well, Arabia. Let's not remember?
3: bring that up. That <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just really saying, dark. Like
1: we would, no, It just it just sounded like you got like Yikes. taken away. Well, we, yeah, we
3: could see you in the reflection of your. Uh, I guess that's your China cabinet we're looking at behind you. So we could see you that you were still you were still standing up. <laughs> well, Nobody had come in and abducted you.
1: But it didn't cross your mind for a second. Hey, if he if he goes down, do we have to race over to his house? Like, well, I'm in Atlanta, man. I'm not racing expectant.
3: anywhere. You you need to race. Uh, you can do I it, Ira. You're right around the corner. Little CPR. I'd feel, I'd feel a little bit bad for the person that was abducting him because what are the odds you roll in on essentially something <laughs> uh, something that's being recorded and yeah. we can see the reflection? So I mean, that's a really tough. Yeah. That's a tough break for the guy that comes in and abducts you. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, man. Back to the receivers. I, I did. I thought the receivers, to your point earlier. Um, it was, it was just good for those guys because they have had uh, – it's been up and down, mostly more down probably than up, uh, even for Malik McLean who's had a really nice uh, spring. But what's going on with your backgrounds now? I'm supposed to just – talk through this
2: you like that i think that's pretty good right there you guys were making front of the china i thought i'd switch it up a little bit for you that's okay nice.
3: i like that <laughs> you yeah. like a, a what is that an apartment in like soho this is
1: something? this is my penthouse i have pictures of on the
2: screen <laughs> i just pull it up nice, nice, good.
3: Awesome.
1: um but anyway uh you know uh, brian robinson like the thursday we were out there just rough, it was awful. rough, rough day. Yeah.
3: Well, in Norvell, even called him out. Not I called him out, but was like admitting, yeah, that he was bad because I think I talked about it that night. I was like, man, I don't, that guy was awful. Like, he he dropped everything. He It's not that he dropped passes, he wasn't even competing on 50 50 balls. They were zero 100 balls. He had no chance to catch them. It looked like, what are you doing? Like, why are you even here? Honestly, so- I'm not trying to be harsh on the kid. It looked like he hadn't played the position much and he had no competitive spirit to go get a ball.
1: He, and, was then broken he made that,
3: and then he made that play on Saturday. That's a really good play. It's a big play for him.
1: Did you you have a heart to heart with him Friday night, Jeff, at the uh, coach's house?
3: I, I thought
2: he needed time alone. Okay. I thought, you know, not everybody needs to be spoken to when they're going through some things. They just need a little time, contemplation. Perhaps they need focus a little bit more and they don't need another voice in their ear letting them know that that's unacceptable so i right. like uh, i figure that ron dugans had had a conversation with him by now right. i know norvell had he didn't need me coming over the guest coach putting his arm around him saying, listen brian this is this is just not going to get it done uh, i know what the other coaches have said and i'm here to reiterate right. you're terrible
3: this I, is think, not that, I think that would have worked, though. I think that would have gotten through to him. And then he said, Look, Tough man, for a little inspiration.
2: And, when necessary, but not. And,
3: yeah. And think about how inspired he would have been right after that if you just hop up on that bull and get after it for 35 Let me or 40 show you, seconds. Brian. Let me show you about comp- competition. Let me show you what. <laughs> yeah. And then you just grab it, and put your hand up, and like John Travolta, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> whipping it around, whipping your hat around, your fedora, you whatever seen. you were wearing.
2: You should have seen some of the big fellows try to try to get on that thing and, and maintain their balance. It was hilarious because they that could. That thing was moving them? That thing's big enough to like oh, move you can throw 80 hundred forty pound guys. Guys, one of these days, maybe in the off season, we'll we'll have Corey rent a mechanical bull. We'll do the beach trip again, and we'll right. all go for a ride after a few drinks on the beach and see if who can hold on the longest. <laughs> we'll all end up in the hospital but it'd be a real, real good time. Think in the, you know, about
3: right. how, how hot that would be just the three of us on a mechanical, but like slow, <laughs> like the slow setting where we're just kind of yeah. grinding just on run. it. A little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just real yeah. slow.
3: So you could
2: see the real motion. Yeah. 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 Be nice. Look at his hips. Look at his hips. <laughs> some, yeah. some,
1: so suddenly this became a genuine video. I'm not really <laughs> sure what, what happened, but uh, yeah, I man, yeah. I, 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 I thought I did think it was a good day in, I heard Tom on your show yesterday, Jeff, the Jeff Cameron show, wildly popular three oh, to six.
3: Tom block. No,
1: Tom, no, Tom Lang. Tom Tom oh,
3: Tom yes. Lang. Got
1: it. And, uh, he said something that I kind of said to Corey that Corey kind of Corey had no interest in writing about, he ended up writing a better column, I think. But I think Tom said something along the lines of it was just, it just felt like a good, it felt good again to be yeah. at Florida state and I, and I may not have ex- expressed that the way i wanted to to Corey when we were texting about it but I, it felt almost like back to normal to me like it felt like a football i don't know why it just like last fall never felt like football it was just because bizarre. it really
2: was and it got weird yeah let me ask you this just a quick question about the overview of the format you know we've come a long way from where spring football was an actual game and you know people it was live and you played four quarters and uh all of that stuff we most places have gone completely away from that, and for good reason. But do you think it's fun for the fans? I I, I, don't, I can't imagine that it is. I wasn't my my wife and kids were in the stands, and and they're young enough now where it's just fun no matter what to be in that stadium and to hear the sounds and to watch the players. But I'm thinking if you're like a season ticket holder and you come to games, I can't imagine that's a lot of fun. It's fun to be back in Tallahassee. It's fun to be with your friends and the
1: tailgate.
2: But, like watching the scrimmage
1: style do you think they find that fun? I don't know. I thought no. I mean I, you know I mean I, I guess it it's hard for me to even think that way because I haven't been a fan of well, Yeah, in you're trying to document who's playing well and who isn't. Yeah, right? so we're just focused on trying to figure out like, you know, what what we can glean from it. So it's hard for me to get in that perspective, but I would say I mean literally if they tried to split that I mean that offensive line into two teams, I mean what the hell? I mean you would you would Yeah. You have like one and a half good linemen on each side. Um, there, you know, there's not a good enough receivers. There's not enough defensive right, ends. And
3: I, I wasn't criticizing the 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 format. Like, no, offense I'm just saying. Hey, I'm just saying the
2: question. I'm just saying. This. games
3: aren't. I don't think spring games have ever really been fun, unless Jameis is doing an incredible debut. What what other spring game memories do you guys have? When has it ever been like, wow, that was something? It's that. It is. It's Willie doing a lap. High five and everyone. That proved to be great. Like those are the only two. And I've been doing this for thirteen years. Those are the only two spring game memories I have, of being like, wow, that was that was really memorable, and that was a that was a cool that was a cool thing to see. Jameis and Willie doing the uh, the glad hand around the stadium after his first spring game with fifty or fifty five thousand people there. Just the the electricity in that place for a spring game. But no, man, they're not fun. They're practices. They're glorified practices. And Jeff, as you've said many times, football practices aren't fun. No,
2: no, they're not fun. They're hard and they're not fun. I do enjoy covering them more than I did participating in them. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of watching them is, is fun from afar because you're not getting busted up and having to run afterwards and all that good stuff. But, yeah. I,
3: I wish uh, they would have, you know, and I'm not trying to hammer the kid, but, you know, Rodemacher has, I think Rodemaker ended up with eight series because he, he had two with Jeff that did not lend a lot of points. But he also had six in the regular scrimmage, which also it, didn't lead to a lot of
2: points. In my any, point out. any He had eight. Coaches. He had eight
3: drives. Just so you and know, didn't, right. You
1: emphasize. <laughs> right. <Yeah>.
3: True. That's <laughs> a good point. So you, took, you I, kind of picked up. I thought maybe you'd, you'd be the catalyst.
1: You yeah. know, two two segments ago, we're we're all like, "Hey, man, I've learned from Kenny Dillingham, and I'm not going to well, throw anybody under the bus."
2: Be a ta- I'm going to be attacked <laughs> around every right. turn at
3: some yeah. point. Yeah, uh, understood. But yeah, so like, I I don't think that helped. Um, you know, I was talking to people afterwards um, at the thing we went to. Jeff, Ira didn't make it, but we were there. Some it's people are exactly. like, "Man, he, they're like, I didn't like the offense at all. I didn't think it looked good." And I'm like, "Well, look, if you take away the eight drives that Rodemaker had," <laughs> and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but hey, if hey, take-
1: hey, hey. Rodemaker and that offensive line. Huh?
3: Sure, it wasn't just Rod. I'm just saying, I'm I'm pointing out the second team when it was second the second team, team offense yeah. led by Tate Rodemaker, It was not. It was ugly. All of it was less ugly. than ideal. Less than but, ideal. But the first team offense had six drives; they scored on four of them, with a and couple of big plays mixed in there. I, I I thought the first team offense looked pretty good, and the first team defense wasn't just letting them run free. There was like real competition on both sides of the ball. I thought I thought it was pretty uh, encouraging on both both first teams.
2: Kind of a win win there. I
3: think that's true. Ira, thanks for for standing down for a second. We got to take a
2: quick break, and we'll come back. and Like we'll lead off with you, buddy. You'll make your All point. Right. Seminal Headlines, 979, ESPN Radio continues in a moment.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 979 ESPN radio.
2: Before Corey cut Ira off and the break that I was forced to go to, um, I wanted Ira to have his say. So, sir, please, you were gonna chime in to the to the first team offense and the the, the rather steep drop off when the second team was out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just want to clarify that. And it's the same thing. It, this happened, I think it was in the second scrimmage. It might, it was in the second, I think it was in the second scrimmage or it might've been a practice that we were at, man. We just got to see so many practices this spring. <laughs> I it, know they I all run see, together. I got to see yeah. eight of them, um, but all together between scrimmages and game practices. But there was one where, because Tate, and the reason Tate got so many series, so people, if they're not paying attention closely, you know, when Chubba Purdy got shut down for the rest of the spring Tate takes all the second team series, whereas McKenzie and, and Travis are split in the first. And so, but there was one scrimmage or practice we were at where I think they didn't want to give Tate too many series, you know, that many throws. So they actually gave McKenzie and Jordan each a series with the twos. And those series were terrible too. It was like sack, throwaway, throwaway, or throwaway, sack, sack. So, I mean, there, that's part of it's on that offensive line. Part of it's part of it is on, on Tate and Tate has had some nice moments, uh, this spring, he's had some really nice early. Moments. I,
2: I, the first two weeks, he was great, and then it just fell off a cliff.
1: Yeah. And the, the last couple of practice, I think the Thursday practice we were at, or one of the other ones where, you know, he, he started throwing more interceptions again, I think was getting a little careless with the ball. That's one thing about McKenzie and Jordan. Corey, I mean, uh, you haven't been out there quite as much because of basketball, but I, I really don't really remember many picks from either of them, if no. any. No,
3: they didn't have any in the spring game. And what Milton will do that they all should learn to do is that that screen's not open or if he's about to get hit, I'm throwing my running back's feet. It should be intentional grounding. It's ridiculous that it's not, but Tom Brady has been doing it for a lifetime and they're just not going to call it. So throw it right at their feet.
2: Listen, this is something else I gleaned from being down on the field for that whole thing. And I really enjoyed this aspect. Norvell in talking to the quarterbacks, like you you're right Corey. first of all in, in in ira as well if you if you watch jordan travis and Mackenzie milton when they're in a dog of a play when they're in the wrong personnel or they don't they don't have the right play call i think they know it pre-snap first of all or certainly they have a good inkling and i don't think tate does it's moving too fast right. for them and then when the ball is snapped if that uh, suspicion is proven to be true and they have an indicator They fired into the ground or out of bounds. They know that, or they take off running immediately. Like, they know this play is not going to work. We don't have the horses. Tate, so many times, found himself in a bad position, and he just held the ball, held the ball. (laughs) And and the, the crazy thing was listening to Norvell and Dillingham trying to get it across to him. You can't do that. You you just can't do it. Now They said it. They said it a little bit more emphatically you, than I did. You <laughs> right. should have
1: heard Jeff. You should have if you had been in the press box. Our guy Aslan had me, the funniest press conference moments uh, he's ever had. Uh, how do you? It, it wasn't a press conference moment. No, not the press, press conference. Box. The press box.
3: Yeah, he said he just yelled, <laughs> "Throw the." I don't know if he cussed. He goes, "Throw the ball. It's a spring game. Throw the ball." <laughs> just, Aslan said that. Yeah, yeah, like yelled like, it
1: like the yeah. seventh time Tate I mean, got the it exasperation. A,
2: yeah, it was like six in a row. Well, I can tell you that Kenny Dillingham said that and add and sprinkled a few other adjectives <laughs> in there. <laughs> there. Yeah, it was interesting to hear his assessment of Tate about the fifth sack that he took. He, he yeah, his, his hands were at the sky,
1: and it's got to be tough. And I know we got to end the segment, but it's got to be tough if you're the third string quarterback and. You're gonna have Chubb coming back, and you're trying to. This is the spring game, and and you're trying to make something happen. He gets mad at those guys too. I mean, I think that's part of the reason Norvell's so quick to blow the whistle for sacks, even with the other two guys. Is I think to your point, if it's not there, man, just it's not there. It's don't, not there. We God. don't. We not. We, let's not lose twelve yards here. And yeah, that seems to get him more mad than anything else. Uh,
2: we got to get to headliner questions, but I didn't get to ask you guys your opinions of the the of Purdy situation. That just continues to feel weird. And I know fans have asked about it. I'm sure you guys see it all over the board. Um, I I, I get asked about it all the time. Like just things have never gone right since the day he stepped foot on campus for that kid with injury. And then I find it odd that everybody else is out there who's been hurt watching practice and participating, but he's not. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand that.
1: I can my one quick theory. And then just one, one thing I did want to clarify. So I think they, I think they, he and the family, I think are frustrated from what I could just assume and gather that this thing happened in the first place, this collarbone injury happened and that it's, it, it, it needed to be repaired again. And he's, it hasn't gone, it hasn't been a quick recovery. So I think the family is probably frustrated. He's probably frustrated. They're across the country. And so, I mean, I think that's probably part of it. Um, so I do think there's a little bit of a concern there about, okay, are we, are, are we all good here? Like once he comes back healthy, are we all good here? The one thing I did want to say though, just because I've seen stupid speculation in different places that there's more to in terms of like his behavior or that he's not in in good graces or anything like that. Completely not true. From what, everything I've heard, they love him for loves him. They want him to be successful. They want him to, you know, he's going to be cleared this summer. He's going to be back in, in the rotation. It's
2: just been a rocky start. Yeah, it's
1: just okay. been like one thing after another. And, but, but I do think there's probably some frustration on his family's part because man, this kind of sucks, you know, oh, that it, it hasn't suck. worked out and now you're bringing in Mackenzie Milton, you're signing more quarterbacks and and our kid hasn't been healthy. So
2: we'll get to uh, headliner questions in a moment. Stay with
0: Seminole headlines. We'll take a breather more next.